TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, we're going to have another part of Odyssey's I'm Listening series, October Children's Mental Health Month. We're also getting ready for Santa Parade and a big cornhole tournament to benefit the American Cancer Society. Coming up later this week, enjoy art, food, desserts, local brews, wines, and coffee. We'll tell you where. Starting us off, we're getting ready for Halloween. We're going to tell you about the Teal Pumpkin Project and Dr. Nancy Fitch, an emergency physician with MedExpress in Wilkesbury, has great safety reminders for a fun-filled time. Dr. Fitch, it's time. And what are you going as this year for Halloween? Well, if everyone can keep it a secret, I'm going as a flamingo. Oh, I love flamingos. That's <laughs> awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. So so everybody is ready. Everybody's geared up. And when you're out there trick-or-treating, what do you look for when, the, when you go to the door and you say trick-or-treat? I'm always looking for good candy, obviously. And, you know, we always had one person in our neighbor who gave the big candy bars. So those were, that was like always the prime house to hit. But when I have little kids come into my house, obviously, and or when I took my kids around trick-or-treating, it was always, and the big important thing for me was a no eating policy till we got home. Your neighbors are your neighbors and you definitely want to trust your neighbors, but you still should inspect the candy and make sure that it's not been tainted, check for allergies that you, your kids might have already. Um, you know, those are the important things. So no eating any of your foils as you're, tricking around the neighborhood. Wait till you get home. And then when you do get home, it's usually, well, if you're going out on Halloween night and this week it's on a Tuesday. So that means that you might've gotten a little bit of a later start going home from work and then from school. And now it's almost bedtime, but mom, what do you mean? I can't have anything to eat. What do you suggest there? So my kids always had a limit. It was reasonable, but, you know, obviously the littler kids, they get all sugared up and trying to get them to bed, but always make sure that they brush their teeth before they go to bed. Everybody's policy is going to be a little bit different, but when they do start attacking this candy after you've checked it, watch them very carefully for new onset allergies. You know, these allergies can pop up at any time. They don't have to be something that you've known about all along. So check the candy wrappers if your child has a known allergy. Make sure it's in, you know, made in a safe environment. Some of these smaller candy bars, like I said, you know, those big candy bars are always the, you know, the holy grail. But those mini bites are sometimes prepared in other factories and they should stay on the label prepared in a factory that has peanuts, that kind of thing. So check your wrappers and watch your children closely, especially these younger children who aren't able to really verbalize if they're uncomfortable. You want to pretty limit them to what they're going to be eating so you can keep an eye on them. And when we talk about being somebody that you are going to visit, what should you think about? Because, of course, everybody's going for the chocolate and the sweets and all that sugary candy. But are there things that maybe parents might rather see that you're handing out this year? Sure. You know, there are some children who do have their allergies. There is um, a teal pumpkin project for alerting people that are trick-or-treating that their house is an allergy-free 
uh, home. Those would be parents that are handing out little toys. Obviously, you want to watch for choking for those children under four or children with disabilities that could put smaller parts in their mouth. But they might have stickers or pencils or crayons or, you know, glow sticks or something a little different that's not candy or edible. So those are nice places to be on the lookout for. I always had the the one household as well. She was a dental hygienist who used to hand out a new toothbrush with her full-size candy bar. And I just thought that was a really sweet thing, real nice thing to do, different. I agree with you, although I'm sure that there were probably some um, ghosts and goblins whose eyes rolled and went, what am I getting <laughs> this for exactly? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was counteracted by that big, large, full-size Hershey bar and not the little mini. So not as many eye rolls as you might think. <laughs> ah, there, there, was a, there was a betwixt and a between. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And when we're talking about trick-or-treating, of course, many people have already been to trunk-or-treats. They've done some on their own. But again, sometimes there are those opportunities where maybe we're thinking about, I might want to wear this costume, but I don't. So if there are folks out there, no matter what age they might be going out, are there things that you should look for when it comes to costume safety? Absolutely. I think this is probably one of the most important things in my mind when it comes to trick-or-treating. You know, a lot of these costumes have these big full face masks and the, you know, the long gowns or capes, robes, pant legs, and, you know, falling in the dark is probably one of the biggest fear that I have for these kids that are running around. They're not reflective. Make sure they have some type of reflection. You know, I tried to avoid the big masks for my kids. Um, I, you know, did the face painting and all that. You got to make sure with the face painting that they are free of these metals that can cause a lot of reactions. So you should test the face paint before you use it. But um, making sure the costume is safe to travel in the dark. It's a different story if you're going to a house party and you're going to be inside all day in light. But when you're out traipsing in the dark, eye holes don't match up with your eye holes. You can't see. You're, you know, at a higher risk of falling. And we see a lot of injuries you know, after Halloween trick-or-treating, you know, with lacerations and breaks and sprains because kids tripped over their costume, they couldn't see. So make sure they have a flashlight, make sure they have reflective pieces on their costume to reflect those headlights because some people still are not very cognizant of the fact that there's little kids wandering around. And especially if your kids are out a little later than expected, you know, people are not going to be quite as careful at 39, 9 30, 10 o'clock at night, and you might still be just finishing up. Okay. Making sure that costume is safe is important. And along those same lines, you're talking about being outside, and of course, it's getting dark earlier. And even though there may be starting to get dark, there's that dusk, but there's also a lot of traffic out there. So, Dr. Fitch, if you wouldn't mind, give us those safety reminders when it comes to being outside. So, make sure you're dressed warm. Make sure that you are alert. Make sure you're checking the streets for traffic before you hustle your kids across or you yourself are trick-or-treating going out, making sure you watch for traffic. Pedestrian struck is not a, a fun way to have, you know, your Halloween end by being transported in an ambulance. So using caution and, and being careful, being outside, make sure you're dressed warm enough. You know, the last thing you want is to to get too cold and to make sure the costume is weather appropriate as well. That can be a little bit difficult not knowing what the weather's going to be. Well, we're keeping our fingers crossed this week for it actually being a little bit warmer. We'll keep our fingers crossed for that. So what other tips would you like to be able to give our listeners today, whether they're going to indoor party, whether it's at school, whether it's just to have some fun in the neighborhood? Let's get some more of those uh, Dr. Fitch good tips for everybody today. This good time of year, it's also a good time to start thinking about your flu shot. You're out and about. Flu is going to start hitting again hard. It never completely died down this season. It was always kind of a little few stragglers. So get your flu shot. If you're interested in the COVID booster, now is the time to also consider getting that. All these nasty tricks that are floating around, COVID is still floating around and is still starting to ramp up. So those are options as well. Make sure your costume fits. Make sure you're reflective. Flashlight. Check your makeup before you put it on and check your treats. Those are the, the important key points to hit, I think, when you're talking about Halloween safety. And I have to ask, 
a flamingo. So <laughs> did you did you listen to your own uh, to your own advice when you picked out that costume? I did because we're going to be in a house party and it's a blow up costume. So it has one of those fans. And so I'm, quote unquote, riding a pink flamingo. Well, (laughs) okay. And the other thing I have to ask is when you do go trick or treating, Dr. Fitch, do you sing a song? Do you tell a joke? What exactly do you do when you get to the door? Well, I'm more telling a joke type of person because I can't carry a tune in a bucket. So that's my sister's job. She's the singer. I'll tell a joke. That's about the extent of it. Or just stand there and look pretty on my pink flamingo. (laughs) I think that sounds like a wonderful thing. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Paula. Thanks, Dr. Nancy Fitch, emergency physician with MedExpress in Wilkes-Barre, who mentioned the Teal Pumpkin Project. And we're going to find out more about that from Tiffany Leon. She is the FAIRS Assistant Director of Training and Professional Programs. Thank you so much for having me. The The Teal Pumpkin Project is a movement to raise awareness of food allergies and to create a safer, more inclusive Halloween for all trick-or-treaters. The Teal Pumpkin Project. Now, how does that work? How can people get involved? It's super easy by placing a teal pumpkin outside on your doorstep. You're signaling to your neighbors, to your neighborhood, that you're participating in the Teal Pumpkin Project by offering non-food treats. This could be glow sticks, stickers, stencils, crayons, all kinds of items. In addition to candy, you want to keep these bowls separate. And this way there's no cross-contact and it keeps all the kiddos safe and included in the holiday. Now, if someone is going to be putting out things, is there a teal pumpkin that they can actually purchase and, and let people know that this is something different? Yeah, so you can, you know, stop in one of the major retailers. Fair is partnering with CBS this year. Just to make it super easy, they have the teal pumpkin buckets and the teal pumpkins themselves. Or you can, you know, get creative and pick one from the patch and paint it. Teal, my son is in a paint phase right now, so he would love the opportunity to paint pumpkin teal if he could. How did this all come about? Tell us about FAIR. You know, FAIR is, FAIR is a patient advocacy organization where the world's largest private funder of free allergy research. Um, and the Teal Pumpkin Project really came about in 2012 and launched nationwide in 2014. And since it's been launched nationwide, we've really seen it grown to become part of the fabric of Halloween. And we're really excited about it this year. So if people would like to find out more, not only about the Teal Pumpkin Project, but since FAIR is something that deals with food allergies all year round, how would people go about doing that? That's right. So you can log on to tealpumpkinproject.org to see all kinds of resources related to the Teal Pumpkin Project. We even have an interactive map. So if you're participating in your neighborhood, you can add your home so that trick-or-treaters can plan the route ahead of time, see how others in your neighborhood are participating. Um, but if you want to see resources, as you mentioned, all year round, foodallergy.org is our main website. So many resources for parents, caregivers, kiddos with food allergies, and even healthcare professionals who are helping to manage them. How did all this get started, especially around Halloween? So one in 10 Americans have a food allergy, and that's one in 13 children, which is roughly two in every classroom. And a lot of the popular candies for Halloween contain some of the most common allergens in the space, which are peanuts, peanuts, milk, eggs, wheat, soy. And when the kids can't participate in this holiday, they, they are rough feeling left out and some of the kids may even be bullied because of their food allergies. And so this was launched a few years ago by one of the support group leaders to really have safe holiday, but also an inclusive holiday for kids with food allergies and, and other dietary restrictions as well. And again, it is around holiday time. So of course we will have other holidays that will be coming up as well. And there will be not only children, but adults as well as adolescents and teens that have food allergies. So what can you do during this time of year to accommodate your visitors, your guests who have things like that, or maybe from the visitors and guests perspective, maybe the host or hostess doesn't even know that they do. That's right. I think the first step is open communication. People manage their food allergies in different ways. We have a ton of recipes on our website for a variety of different um, allergies or that remove 
different allergens from the recipes and the traditional recipe. So there are options that you can present with the host or maybe even make at home yourself and bring. I know sometimes um, individuals with allergies have separate pans, have separate utensils, have a very strict way of preparing their food to avoid cross-contact. They may not want to put that on the host, but open communication saying, this is what I'm bringing to the holiday or this is how you can help keep me and my, my child safe is really the first and best place to start. So what do you want to leave our listeners with today as far as teal pumpkin Halloween is concerned? I just really encourage you to participate in the holiday. We've seen it grow exponentially over the last couple of years, and it really helps to keep the kiddos safe and not and included in, in the holiday. And where can we go for more information, Tiffany? TealPumpkinProject.org. Thanks again to Tiffany Leon, FAIR's Assistant Director of Training and Professional Programs. And you can learn more at TealPumpkinProject.org. Now don't go away. We have events coming up in our area you won't want to miss on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, Santa's coming to town. There's a big cornhole tournament to benefit the American Cancer Society. And starting us off, the Wyoming Valley Art League presents Fine Taste, Fine Art this coming Thursday evening. Colleen Logan and Kyle Stratton have your invitation. Colleen, I'm going to start with you first. Tell us about this upcoming Circle for the Arts event in November. So this year, we're going to be having our annual Fine Taste, Fine Art. This will be our ninth year having it and our 11th year celebrating at our building for the Circle Center of the Arts, a home of the Wyoming Valley Art League. And as every year, what we try to celebrate are local restaurants plus our local artists because we always have it during our juried show, which will give us a special taste that we're really desiring and then we also have the best music I think that we've ever had and that's going to be Dustin Douglas and the Electric Friends and that's going to be a jazz trio on Vaughn 4 and Dustin Douglas doing a solo act and we'll also be mixing it up and as I said this year is probably going to be the brightest, biggest, most exciting event of the nine years we've been having it. There's going to be food? The restaurants that we and other vendors that we have coming are some of the finest tastes that we have in the Valley. We have people that are introducing us to their new tastes that come from LCCC and they bring such a wonderful display and new chefs every year wearing their top hats and their chef's aprons and everything like that. It's really beautiful. But from some of our more experienced vendors that we have, we'll be celebrating the taste of pink and vine. We'll have sweets from Sugar Plum and Mary Stegmeier Mansion. We'll be able to taste a little of the sweet life and bright life from Ricasa and some from different areas from like Istanbul Grill and the Atrium. And then to lighten our souls and our feet, the libations from the Susquehanna Brewing Company and Josh Wine bring us back to the ground. We also have coffee from Abide, which is the local coffee within our area. And that's really what we're trying to focus on. Many of the restaurants that we want to give exposure to from around the Wyoming Valley that hopefully you may not have have had the opportunity to explore or maybe you're looking into for a holiday party or perhaps an event that you might not have thought about going there for like a anniversary or maybe this would be your new year's decision. You have all kinds of stuff there and I'm sure that there's probably more as you're going through all of your notes and paperwork. But while you're doing that, Who's this fella? Kyle, what's your part in all of this? I have been working with Colleen and other members of the Circle Center to design print material and graphics. So we are going to be in 
numerous local publications and we need posters designed. We need beautiful graphics just to try to catch the eye of anybody who might be uh, considering going to the event and updating it for a wider array of audience. Now, how did you get involved with the Circle Center for the Arts here in Wilkes-Barre? I recently graduated from Temple University with a degree in painting, and I was looking for a community of artists. And the Circle Center was the exact place I had in mind. We have monthly member shows. We have multiple annual juried exhibitions. Being able to work there, I've been able to put my experience as a gallery installer into practice, which is really a rare opportunity around here. So we have like wonderful facilities. We have a great community of artists. And just coming out of art school and being an artist myself, it was the perfect place for me. Well, it sounds like it is a perfect match. And are we going to see, I know you're doing the graphic thing, but are we also going to see your paintings perhaps on display there as well? Yes, we will. On the second floor of our gallery space, we currently have our members juried exhibition. And uh, you might be seeing a couple of my pieces up there if you decide to show up. When we're talking about the event on November 2nd, then again, Ticket information as far as people who want to participate, want to take part, uh, how do they go about getting that? Normally in the past, we did much of our sales through physical tickets. And this year we're making it super accessible to all people to buy our $50 tickets for this two-hour event, slam-packed with food, with music, with dazzling art. And amazing libations for $50. And you could buy them on wyomingvalleyartleague.org. Or if you have some trouble with that, you are welcome to contact us via Facebook or through email. And we'd be happy to oblige whatever accessibility or able to accommodate you that way. Kyle, I'm going to go back to you now because, again, you are new, the new kid on the block, and you're bringing all kinds of wonderful, great ideas and and your own wonderful art. When people hear about the things that are happening there, you are seeing this with fresh eyes. So if you would give our listeners an opportunity from your perspective of why they should be coming down there and what they're missing if they don't. One of the things I think, especially with our November 2nd event, is for the type of event it is, to have that much music, that much art, that much food in one area, being able to meet so many great members of the community, the art community, and even just the local community, it's a worthwhile price and it's a worthwhile time for me to be able to go out and get dinner at some of these restaurants, that we, like the wonderful restaurants that we have. And to see music, I don't think you could find genuinely a better deal than $50. It's an incredible space. Our other events, too, uh, just speaking from like an artist perspective, it is difficult to find really accessible and friendly spaces to show art. And so to be able to have a space that provides not only great events like we have on November 2nd, but even all throughout the year we're throwing events. It's really, really a wonderful opportunity, especially for young artists. I think that's a great thing because when you're talking about young artists, we like to get those involved because they're the ones that have all the up and coming ideas. So Colleen, would you mind if Kyle issues the official invitation to the November 2nd event? I'd be more than proud to have him do it. All right, Kyle, here you go. There's the microphone. It's all yours. Perfect. So we would love to welcome anyone and everyone who is able to attend November 2nd at the Circle Center for the Arts, home of the Wyoming Valley Art League, to our event, Fine Taste, Fine Art. It is a wonderful night of food, music, drinks, and of course, incredible local artists. You can buy tickets online at wyomingvalleyartleague.org, or you can message us on Facebook or email. 
we hope to see you there. Colleen Logan and Kyle Stratton with your invitation to the Wyoming Valley Art League's Fine Taste, Fine Art this coming Thursday. It's happening this coming Saturday. And Odyssey's Lissa from 98.5 KRZ has your reminder of the Big Cornhole Tournament to benefit the American Cancer Society. Hey, it's Lissa from 98.5 KRZ. I just wanted to remind you that our Big Cornhole for Cancer benefit is coming up November 4th. It's at the Holiday Inn in Dunmore, noon to four. There is a $1,000 grand prize for the winning two-person team. But even if you're not in the tournament, just come hang, have fun. We have live music all day, raffles, 50-50, cornhole in one games. And it's totally free if you just want to come hang. Yes, it is all ages. If you would like to enter the tournament, register your two-person team at 985krz.com. And you'll find more info there, too. But we'll see you November 4th, Holiday Inn in Dunmore for Cornhole for Cancer. That's Lissa from our Odyssey sister station, 98.5 KRZ, on that big cornhole tournament to benefit the American Cancer Society that will be happening on Saturday, November 4th at the Holiday Inn in Dunmore. And of course, one of the other places that you'll certainly want to be is when Santa comes to town. He'll be arriving in downtown Scranton coming in November. The when, the where, and... How Tom Fritz is looking for a few good elves to help them out. That's right here on Special Edition. Joining me now is one of Santa's favorite helpers. Tom, how are you? Well, I don't know if I'm one of his favorite helpers, but I am one of his perennial helpers, so uh, he has to deal with me. Well, I know you're one of his favorites (laughs) because he's told me you have to talk to Tom because... Santa Parade is right around the corner. Woo! Yes, it is. As we can tell, as the temperatures start to get a little bit colder, everybody starts thinking about Santa, and Santa starts thinking about us. It's about time to bring him down into downtown Scranton. Oh, and when is all this going to happen? All right. Here's all the details. November 18th, Saturday, always the Saturday before Thanksgiving, that kicks off our holiday season. Same route as we've had in the past years. So we're going to start down near the uh, Career Center at the corner of Franklin and Biden. We're going to go up Biden and make a left turn and go around the square. The parade route takes us all the way around the square. It's a great place to see it. Two spots on the square, which are great to see. We're going to have our tent up where we're going to have our judges and our on-site announcer, Tom Welby, once again, will be coming back. That's a great place to see it. That is right at the corner of Washington and Biden. And then WNEP coverage, once again, our year after year after year since the beginning of the parade, they are our media sponsor, and they will be broadcasting starting at 930, and their cameras are all going to be on Adams, right where they are every year. And we're also going to have the choir up there. Two great places, but anywhere on the square or even as you're going up by any place you can be on that route. And most people who have been coming year after year, they've got their spot. They know where to go. I know it's still a few weeks away before we actually get to the actual parade. So there are things that people can help you get ready for Santa between now and then, right? Your normal parade things, everything that we're going to have on a parade, we're going to have on a parade. But we need you both to come down and see us on parade day. But if you're looking to some way be involved with getting Santa into the downtown and getting him and everybody to smile when he's there, we need some volunteers. We always do. We've got those big balloons like we always have. We need people to get them through the parade. We need banners. So if you want banner holders, if you want to walk through the parade, wave to everybody, see all those smiling faces, listen to Christmas music the entire time we're going through, get some exercise in, you can do that. Also, if you say, you know what, I don't want to do all that, but I really would like to help. We've got a lot of behind the scenes things that we can get people involved in. We would just love anybody who's interested in coming down to the parade. You can come and help us. And the best way to contact us with that is through our Facebook page, which is the Santa parade. And you'll see all over it that you've got the right one. You'll see that it is November the 18th. You'll see that it's Scranton and you can hit us through there, or you can get us at info at Santa And we will get back to you. 
Now, are you also still on the lookout for people to take part, such as organizations and mascots and all those other folks that we're going to be waving and waiting for Santa's arrival as they go by? We can always use more because more is better because Santa likes a lot in his entourage. Uh, there are a lot of people who, because of the, the couple of years off, they lost touch with us. Either the people who were being the head of their organization is no longer part of it and a new person doesn't know how to get in touch with us, or we've had some change-ups in our, our own group that, that plans the parade, and maybe the person that you weren't you were talking to is no longer helping us out. So you can get to us at info at santaparade.net, and that will get us an email. We can reconnect and get your group back into the parade because... The more, the merrier. We love to have a ton of people going down the streets. And it's one of those things that if you've lost touch, we still love you. And we would love to have you in the parade. And it's not only the parade itself, but there's also on November 18th, there will be so many other things happening in downtown Scranton, just in case there are people coming from out of the area who would like to visit. If someone is from out of the area and they want to come down on parade day, they're going to see a spectacle. We decorate up the entire parade route. We've got those big balloons and Everybody from the city comes together. There's a lot of things to do uh, in downtown for the entire day. The day kicks off the holiday season. It is pretty much the start. You don't get to to think about Christmas until Parade Day and Santa officially comes down. So when you get down there, we're going to have everything going on. And, of course, stick around all day. There are plenty of things to do in Scranton. Yes, and there's lots of great places to eat and to visit and all of that. And then, of course, Santa. And does Santa hang out a little bit after the parade just to kind of say hey to everybody? Well, of course he does. He doesn't make that trip all the way from the North Pole to just shoot right back out. No, he sticks around at the end of the parade. Any of the kids who want to stop and say hi to Santa, let him know that they're thinking about him. Uh, He will be available after the parade. We'll have a tent set up for him, and uh, Santa will be there to talk to as many kiddies as want to speak to Santa. All right. Well, one of Santa's favorite helpers. I'm going to hand you the microphone and let you do the official invitation to not only join, but also to maybe even volunteer. So, Tom, it's all yours. All right. Join us November 18th, 2023, starting at 9 a.m. for the one and only Scranton Santa Parade. We're going to have twirlers, dancers, cheerleaders, marching bands, those giant balloons that you love, a lot of community groups, tons and tons of Christmas music and Christmas cheer. And of course, Santa himself comes down to Scranton on November the 18th. Be there on the square. You want to see this in person. But if you cannot make it, we will have this simulcast on our partner, WNEP, starting at 930. And if you are downtown, make sure that you stay because Santa's going to be sticking around. You can also be part of this parade. You can get to us at info at parade.net or go to our Facebook page, The Santa Parade at Facebook. And we want to see you either helping or just laughing and smiling and singing along with us. Munley Law, once again, returning for our grand sponsor this year. We love that they've come back to support Santa and support the parade. We'll see you that day. Thanks again to one of Santa's favorite helpers, Tom Fritz, with all the details of Santa Parade coming to downtown Scranton on Saturday, November 18th. And of course, they're still looking for some elves to help them out and get ready for the big day as well as when Santa arrives. You can find more on their Facebook page, The Santa Parade. Coming up next... October is Children's Mental Health Month, and we have another part of Odyssey's I'm Listening series on special. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Edition. October is Children's Mental Health Month. As part of Odyssey's I'm Listening series, Victor Armstrong from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention joins Odyssey's David O'Leary. saves lives. This is the mantra of Odyssey's mental health initiative, I'm Listening. Our goal is to have more mental health conversations and to continue to remind you that it's okay to not be okay. Additionally, it's okay to talk about it and to ask for or seek help. October is National Children's Mental Health Month, and we've been joined by our partners at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention as we explore the many ways in which we can reach out to our kids and make sure they are being seen, being heard, and reminding them they are not alone. Additionally, if you or someone you know needs help now or may be in crisis, please call or text 988. This is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, and they are available 24 hours a day to talk with you and connect you to help immediately. Now, here's David O'Leary for this I'm Listening special conversation on children. This is Odyssey's I'm Listening. We're so glad that you're tuned in. Uh, I'm David O'Leary from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We're focusing for this program on mental health and suicide prevention among youth. And we're joined by Victor Armstrong, who's the Vice President for Health Equity and and Engagement for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Victor has for many years worked to uh, raise awareness about mental health and suicide prevention, particularly among demographics and historically underserved populations. And we're thrilled to, uh, to talk to him. Hey, Vic, nice to see you. Hey. Good to see you too. And and don't sell yourself short. I know you are a huge advocate in this space as well. So it's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, it's important work. And uh, I, I love that more and more folks are paying attention these days and really thrilled that Odyssey is making the time available to kind of spread the word about the importance of mental health. There's been recent data from the, the CDC. We talked about it with uh, Dr. Chrissy Moutier a little earlier in the, in the program about mental health and suicidal behaviors among youth. And the news the recent news is unfortunately not not good. Can you talk a little bit about where we are with that and, and the attention being paid these days to mental health awareness for our youth? Yeah, there were uh, uh, several alarming facts, I think, that came out of the most recent data. One, we found that the suicide rate increased 8% for young people between the ages of 15 and 24, and that suicide remains the second leading cause of death for 10 to 34 year olds in the United mm-hmm. States. So that, that alone was alarming. We also, though, have seen a disproportionate increase in black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really trying to target attention on those communities because, in large part, our efforts uh, historically have not really focused on the nuances of race and culture and ethnicity. There's a campaign known as Seize the Awkward that has been underway for a couple of years. Basically, it is a partnership, a campaign of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and the Jed Foundation in collaboration with the Ad Council and Droga 5. 
And it basically was put out there to kind of get youth talking a little bit more about mental health and suicide by sort of embracing that awkward moment that, you know, we all have, which sometimes can be awkward having that conversation. There is a spectacular new collaboration and partnership with uh, Megan the Stallion, who is speaking about her own mental health journey and, and working with Seize the Awkward. Talk a little bit about the, the partnership, how it came about and, and what you hope to accomplish with it. Yeah, we are extremely excited about this partnership. First of all, you know, to our uh, longtime partners, the Jed Foundation and uh, the Ad Council, uh, we're always happy to be teaming with them. But this this partnership now involving uh, Megan The Stallion really has given us additional reach because Megan has lo- loaned her talents to us on, on a pro bono basis to support a Seize the Awkward's campaign to really reach a, a younger audience. And, and Megan is someone who's known for keeping it real. She has a reputation for... Uh, being very honest both in her lyrics and in talking about her own challenges, mental health challenges. So we're excited to have this partnership. Let's listen to a little bit of it here. This is Megan the Stallion urging you to check in on your friends with CZ Awkward. I've always been told I got to be strong. Thick skinned, stiff upper lip, tough as nails. But to be everything for everybody... It wears on you. Black don't crack, they say. But it can. I can. We all can. Y'all, it's okay to not be okay. Reach out to a friend if you see them going through it. No matter who you are, being vulnerable is what makes us whole. Learn how to help at SeizeTheAqua.org. Yeah, Megan the Stallion. I think that's just such an important message for anybody to hear, but especially youth. You, you had noted some of the CDC data that, that notes that uh, black and brown youth have elevated risk for suicide. Can you talk a little bit about why that may be and what this campaign hopes to do to, to change that? So in all honesty, we don't entirely know why the rates in black and brown communities are increasing. What we do know, though, is that we have not historically talked about suicide in black and brown communities. And when we have, we've really talked about it in the context of it being something that didn't impact our communities. And uh, in Megan the Stallion's promo, she talks about her own personal experiences with, with mental health. And she, she uses a phrase uh, that they say, black don't crack, but it can. And that resonates with black and brown communities because that's one of the things that uh, we've always talked to our young people about. You're supposed to be resilient and that you, you, it's almost like telling them you don't have the right to experience depression or anxiety. But we recognize that anyone can struggle with mental health challenges. And we also know that the experiences of racism and discrimination and cultural stigma can also impact the mental health and uh, well-being of Hispanic and Latina youth as well as black youth. So mm. there are those additional challenges into the, in, in addition to the things that we all face every day. Yeah. I think it's an important conversation for any population to have youth, adult, you know, people of color, not people of color. But it is great to know that we're recognizing that that we've come up short a little bit in the, in the past in terms of serving these populations with mental health and suicide prevention information, and that we're trying to do more to reach out to those populations now. Talk about how we talk about mental health and suicide. You've been in this quite a while. It's different now than it was even five or 10 years ago. Yeah. We still have work to do, but we've come a long way. Yeah, we have come a long way. It's still a conversation that we're, um, as a, a nation, we're becoming more comfortable in, in talking about the conversation or talking about suicide prevention and awareness. But it's something that historically we have not been comfortable talking about. So part of what we try to do with this campaign, as with other campaigns, is to really normalize that conversation. That's part of the reason that we partner with someone like Megan the Stadium. It's also the reason that we're utilizing he- uh, social media very heavily because we also realize that we need to meet uh, people where they are. And with this campaign, as we're targeting an audience of 15 to 24-year-olds, we know that they're heavy users of uh, social media. And so part of what we're trying to do in normalizing the conversation is also normalizing the spaces where we can have these conversations. And then also utilizing uh, spokespersons that uh, people can identify with. It's, It's important that people see themselves in the message and making the stallion gives us an opportunity to provide that. 
Boy, I think that's such an important point, Victor. The the idea of meeting people kind of where they are, you know, when, when we're having these really deep and, and sometimes hard to have conversations. I also think, I've sort of long believed that our youth are much better at having some of these conversations for a lot of different reasons than the old guard, you know, then, then maybe the, the next generation or the generation after that. And so, I, you know, maybe there's an advantage there in that they're just more, much more opening in speaking about mental health, LGBTQ issues, and a, and a host of other things than perhaps some of the older folks aren't. Yeah, I think there's truth in that. I think, I think our younger generation is much more open to having these conversations. I think what we're also trying to do, though, as we normalize the conversation is also not painting a doom and gloom picture. We're not trying to send the message that the world is this really, really negative place. But we are what we are trying to help educate people about is that we all have challenges. We all have struggles. That doesn't make us flawed. It doesn't make us broken. It just makes us human. Mm. And the more we as humans can create this connection, the more likely we are to be able to increase hope uh, and save lives. Yeah. I know one of the watchwords that AFSP had frequently puts out there is that there is hope, that you are not alone, and that it it is okay to, to not be okay to sort of normalize this conversation about our mental health the same way we talk about our physical health. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also important that we share the message that suicide does not discriminate. Suicide is not a problem that only pertains to one community. Or, or one segment of the population. Suicide is something that we all need to be aware of. It's something that we all need to pay attention to. When I was growing up, it, it was a belief in the black community and in, in the Latino community that we were not impacted by suicide. The data itself shows us now that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Even more scary, I think, is the data shows us that we're trending younger now in terms of suicidality. For someone listening who is concerned about someone, maybe a parent, maybe a coach, a faith leader, a school teacher, how, how do you begin that conversation? How, how does that conversation start when you when you want to reach out to someone who you may be concerned about? Yeah, I think the, the thing that I always try to stress to people is that you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a clinician to be concerned or to establish connection. Uh, if you're concerned about someone Uh, You just want to start the conversation. You just want to, if you're concerned that someone is thinking about killing themselves, we advise that you say very clearly, very calmly, very confidently. And you can say something like other people who have gone through what you're going through have considered suicide. Are you thinking about killing yourself? You can simply ask someone, do you want to talk? You know, I see that I see changes in your behavior. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about what's going on? And I think the thing that we often fear is that if we ask someone if they're thinking about suicide, we're going to offend them or that we're going to drive them to suicide if they weren't already considering it. And what research shows is that, first of all, when you ask someone in a caring way, if they're thinking about killing themselves, someone who may be suicidal feels that sense of connection. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes offers them space to begin to open up and talk about what they're going through. But the other thing is that you don't make someone suicidal by asking them if they're thinking about suicide. People are either suicidal or they're not. So you're not going to make them suicidal, but you may save their life by giving them space to open up and talk about their feelings. We have just a short time left. I should note, if you are struggling or caring for someone who is 988 is the number, dial that number and then you will be connected to help. Again, whether that's you that's struggling or whether that's someone that you're caring for and and worried about. You know, we're talking about mental health awareness in youth. Is there an age that is uh, that's too young? I think oftentimes sometimes that's the pushback. Geez, I don't want to bring that up to my kids. It's, you know, they're too young to know about things like that. Disabuse me of that notion if if that's the case. Yeah, you know, and I know a lot of parents struggle with that. One of the things that I'll tell you, I just shared this statistic with the group I was speaking with recently, and that is when you look at suicide rates in the black community, suicide rates for children, 5 to 11 for black kids are Mm -hmm. twice as high as suicide rates for white children. So there are very young children that consider suicide. Now, do they always understand exactly what it means when they talk about suicide? Perhaps not. But what I encourage parents to do is to keep very open lines of communication, to allow children to talk about and express whatever they're feeling, listen non-judgmentally. And if you get the sense that you're a young person, no matter how old they are, are thinking about suicide, don't be afraid to ask 
them, but you can also ask them, what does that mean to them? Mm-hmm. And then give them space to open up and talk about it. Uh, but I would not assume that because the child is younger, that uh, they would not consider suicide. Victor Armstrong is the Vice President for Health Equity and Engagement for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can find out more about youth suicide and mental health in general at AFSP.org. Vic, great to see you. Safe travels. Thank you so much for being on the program and speaking with us. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I'm David O'Leary. We're glad you're with us. This is Odyssey's I'm Listening. Our immense thanks to Victor Armstrong, Vice President of Health, Equity, and Engagement with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, for joining us for this vital conversation about our kids' mental health. You can find great resources at AFSP.org. That's AFSP.org. In addition, there are resources available at imlistening.org. And please remember, if you or someone you know is struggling and may be in crisis, please call or text 988. That's the short code for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. There are people there 24 hours a day to talk with you and connect you with help immediately. You are not alone, and it's okay to not be okay. Thank you for joining us for this vital special, and we wish you better mental health. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.